And we're exploring the idea of what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? And we are explaining that over the last probably two years here amongst our staff and our leaders, that we've been thinking through, well, what is a follower of Jesus? And how would we try to explain that to a church family in a way that we could all get on the same page? We could all kind of pursue it together. And so we decided that we would explain it like these three ways, these three dimensions of what it means to be a disciple. We, we know that the disciples, they spent time with Jesus. So we're exploring this idea of what does it mean to be with Jesus, to have a relationship with him, and more importantly, to cultivate and nurture that relationship, particularly with this Jesus that we can't see. How do we do that? We also want to explore the idea of becoming like Jesus. Jesus had certain virtues, and he had certain character qualities, and he had certain values and priorities that he pursued, and, and how do we imitate that as his disciples? And then we also want to explore the idea later in the fall of doing what Jesus did. Like, what were some of the ways that Jesus specifically spent his time and his energy as priorities of his life? And how would we, as followers of Christ, follow him in those kinds of directions? So we'll be exploring that over the next several months of, like, we want to begin with, like, how in the world does a person cultivate a relationship with Jesus and try to make sense of like how that actually works. Because the challenge of is we can't see him. And we can't have a conversation with him like you and I are accustomed to having a conversation. We can't just call him up and say, hey, you want to hang out together? That's, that's not how the relationship works. And so how does it work? How, how do we cultivate a relationship with Jesus? You know, my temptation every week is to want to review what I shared with you last week. Then I end up eating a lot of valuable time for this week's message. So I want to encourage you, if you weren't here last Sunday, go to our website and visit um, the archives of messages. Or you can also go on YouTube, our channel, and, and you can watch last week's message where we just opened up the discussion of what does it mean to have a relationship with Jesus who's divine, and we're human, and we can't see him, and we can't relate to him in the same ways that we're used to relating. So I encourage you to do that, but here's the two things I wanted to make sure that we, we understand. Last week, I was trying to at least prepare us for the reality that there is no other relationship on earth that's like a relationship with Jesus, because he's divine and we're not. And so here's what I wanted to prepare you with, is that it's different. And so having a relationship with Jesus is different than any other relationship. So it might have to be cultivated and nurtured differently. The fact that we're dealing with God, that means that a relationship with Jesus at times will be very mysterious. There'll be things that we'll explore in the relationship that we, we just, we're not accustomed to doing or to understanding. And, and it'll be mysterious. It'll, it'll be, for some people, it might seem weird but that's part of what it is to relate to someone who's divine. And then a relationship with Jesus can at times be challenging. Because of its very unique nature, because it's not something that we're accustomed to doing, let's go into the pursuit of a relationship with Jesus, recognizing it will be different, it will be mysterious, and at times 
it's challenging. And so I, I left you with this thought, is that you can't cultivate a uniquely spiritual relationship between you and Jesus without honoring some uniquely spiritual habits. And today we're going to explore that a little bit more, and then the next two weeks I want to explore what some of those specific habits look like. The other thing that we explored last Sunday is this, the place of faith. That to have a relationship with Jesus, you have to make a step of faith. But faith isn't an odd thing. Faith is not some unfamiliar experience. I was explaining that all of us, all of us live by faith. Christians live by faith. Atheists live by faith. Agnostics live by faith. Muslims live by faith. Everybody on planet Earth lives by faith because faith is simply what we trust. That faith is accepting some beliefs to be true and then banking one's life on it, placing one's trust in them. Atheists have some beliefs that they accept to be true and they're banking their life on them. Devoted Christians have some beliefs that they accept to be true, and they're banking their life on it. Does that make sense? You guys remember that? So, you know, on any given Sunday here at Civil Creek, we, we, have, such a, we have such a broad spectrum of people in the audience. Uh, we have people who've been devoted Christians for years. They've been going to church since they were kids. And their faith is really important to them. But one of the things I love about the mission of this church and what we've worked hard to create is that on any given Sunday, we have people in the room who are spiritual skeptics. And they're like, I don't know about all this. This all seems a little weird to me, but I'm, I'm here. I'm checking it out. We have spiritual seekers. People who have said, well, at least I'm curious. I'm trying to figure it out. I haven't made sense of it yet. I'm not ready to declare myself a Christian, but I'm, I'm curious and we have everything in between. And so that presents a challenge for me as a pastor, like how to, how to try to serve everybody. So it's interesting when we start talking about the Bible, people who have been Christians for many years, they look at a verse in the Bible and they go, oh, yeah, see, I'm comfortable with that. That's not weird to me. Yeah, that makes sense. But spiritual seekers, spiritual skeptics, they'll read the exact same verse and they go, you Christians, you're strange. Like, you actually believe that stuff? Here's, here's one of the classic verses. This is found in the book of Revelation. This is the voice of Jesus, the words of Jesus. He says, here I am. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I, I will come in, and I'll eat with that person and they with me. And Christians go, oh, that's just like chicken soup for my soul. Jesus is saying, he just wants to have a relationship with me, and I love that. I love that thought. But spiritual skeptics and seekers are like, here I am? Where? Where is he? Are we now seeing things? I, I stand at the door and knock. I don't hear anything. If anyone hears my voice, oh, so not only seeing things, but now we're hearing voices? You see, I have words for people who see things and hear voices. And, and if, if, if you open the door, what door are we talking about? I'll come in and I'll eat with them. And you're like, what? what is, I don't even know what that means. And so for many people, sometimes verses like this is very strange and hard. Like, I, 
I don't know what you Christians seem to think you understand, but I don't see anybody. I don't hear anything. I'm not sure I want to have a meal. Because that just sounds odd. And so, for cynics and skeptics, people who are brand new but curious, you want to know the honest truth? Do you? For a lot of them, this sounds like a whole lot of pretend. To be really honest, it sounds a little like an adult version of your imaginary friend. And you Christians are just making stuff up? But, but have you ever stopped to think that maybe, just maybe, it, it might mean that it's not pretend and it's not some imaginary friend. It just may mean that Jesus relates to humans in a completely different way than we're accustomed to. It just might be possible that, that Jesus relates to us, you ready, on a different plane. And some of you go, yeah, see, that even sounds weird. Different planes now? But, but, but what would you expect if we're talking about divine and human connecting and relationship? It, it is a different plane because there's, there's none other like it. What we might have to be open to is that to, to see Jesus, we might need some different eyes. To, to hear Jesus, we might, be, have to, we might have to be open to some different ways of hearing. That to enjoy a meal with Jesus isn't about a, a great steak, a side salad, a baked potato, and a great pairing of wine. It might be something different than that. But I'll tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that's a lie. It just means that we still don't understand how divine and human experience relationship with one another. It's not a lie and it's not impossible. It's just that we might have to open up our categories to some different beliefs, which is faith. That some of the things that we've always heard about what it means to be in a relationship with God, and we've crossed our arms and we've steeled off our mind and we said, I'm not, I'm, not gonna, I'm not listening to that. Maybe, just maybe, in the hopes of having a relationship with Jesus, we might have to open ourselves up to at least consider some new and different ways of thinking about things. But you know what? That's always good. To think some new ways to consider some new ideas is always good. Does that make sense? So, you know, I've been attending church since the third grade. And when I say attending church, I mean a lot. I grew up going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, usually one or two times the other days of the week. I went to a Christian high school. We had chapel once a week. I go off to a college to study the scriptures. We have chapel every day. I go off to my graduate studies to get a master's degree. We have chapel every day. 
I've been serving the church for the last 35 years. So here's what I'm saying is I feel like I'm qualified to make some comment on the messages I've heard throughout my entire life. And here's what I've heard. I've heard a lot of messages, a lot of messages about the importance of a relationship with Jesus. And I've heard probably twice as many as those messages on how urgent it is that a person has a relationship with Jesus. <laughs> and I've spent my life listening to a lot of messages where they turned the screws and, and told you about the things you have to do in order to have a relationship with Jesus. But you know what message I've never heard in all the years? I've never heard anybody explain how does a relationship with Jesus work? Like, how does it actually happen? And I decided, well, Paul, you should at least try. Because there's people in the room who are skeptics and they are seekers. And they, they, this is strange to them. Maybe you could help them understand it a little bit better. And you know what? After last week's message, I talked to... I talked to four or five people who have been Christians since they were kids. And they're saying, don't tell anybody. But I've never understood what it means to have a relationship. With I know what I'm supposed to believe, but I don't know how it works from day to day. I've always felt like the odd man out. I always felt like a loser. Because everybody else seemed to know what to do. And I've never felt comfortable doing that. So today... I'm going to try to explain to you how a relationship with Jesus works. You interested? And, and to do that, I'm going to use three illustrations. My hope is that one of these illustrations will connect with you. You'll go, oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe, maybe all three of them will, but I'm just hoping one of them will. And I'll just tell you, the first one's a little sensitive. Might be a little fresh for some of you. You ready? Everyone in this room, other than maybe some of the youngest children in the room, every one of us in this room as adults, somewhere in our life we've lost somebody that we loved. Somebody we were really close to. Somebody who was a big part of our life, really special to us. And they passed away. Maybe it was a grandparent. And you grew up under their care. And they were just larger than life to you. They were your heroes. You loved your grandmother. You, 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 you worshipped your grandfather. Or maybe it was a parent. Mom or dad. And they passed away far too early in life. You were still a kid. No kid should ever have to bury their parents. Maybe it's a best friend or a, 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 one of your brothers or sisters. And it happened 10 years ago. It happened 15 years ago. And it still hurts. There's certain things that happen and it just brings up all of that grief. And I've talked to many people who've been in that situation. And they say the same thing all the time. They say, not a day goes by that I don't think about them. Not a day goes by that I don't think about them. 
people say something, and it's like my mom used to say, and I just remember her. I know that story. Five years ago, I lost one of my best friends in life. He was two years older than me and died of a sudden heart attack. And I literally think about him every day. You know why? Because to leave my office and go to my house, I have to go past the house that he lived in. His wife still lives there. Every day, I think about my friend John. People who've in this experience, they say things like, you know, sometimes I, I, I don't hear anything, but I, I talk to them. I talk to my granddad. I, I ask for advice. And I, I don't ever get any advice, but sometimes just in the pursuit of trying to think about what would my grandfather do, I, I kind of have a dawning, and I think, you know what, I, I'm going to try that. And it's worked for me. My friend John and I, we, we couldn't have been more different. I'm a preacher. He's a lawyer. I'm kind of shy, introvert. He was larger than life. Big, big personality. We couldn't have been further apart politically. I still, I still remember things he said. He'd always say, it takes a left wing and a right wing of the American Eagle to fly straight. <laughs> He'd always say, Paul, house always wins. The house always wins. He's a great baseball coach. Defense, defense wins games. This past fall, about uh, eight of us from around the country, we, we all gathered together in Montana because that's where we all met. And John was at the center of that. He introduced us to fly fishing. We sit around the meal at meals at night and sit around the fire. And we, we tell John stories. We celebrate that he's still very much a part of us because he had such an impact on our life. So I guess in some small way, I, I still relate to John, although it's been five years since he passed. Does that make sense? People talk about, like, experiences. They say, uh, I saw a cardinal. I always think of my mom when I say a cardinal. I found a penny. I always think of my sister. I always think of a sister when I find a penny. I, I hear a song. The way somebody laughs. So here they are. They've been gone for years, and yet we still find ourselves relating to them. Does that make sense? Some of you, you'll get that. A second illustration. We all have our favorite characters in history, people that we just admire. I don't know who it is for you. Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, Amelia Earhart, Harriet Tubman. My favorite, most admired person in all of history is Abraham Lincoln. I, I don't know why. I've just always loved the Abraham Lincoln story. When it was talked about in class, I'd always sit on the edge of my seat, just taking it all in. I, I've read biographies. Unfortunately, fortunately, the earliest days of photographs were happening. And I've looked at pictures of him where he sat for a portrait or when he was giving a famous speech. And for some reason, I connect with Abraham Lincoln. I, I admire his impeccable integrity. I love the virtue with which he lived his life. 
I admire, I'm inspired by his tenacity. Do you know anything about his political career? For years and years and years, he aspired to public office in any kind of way to kind of serve his country, and he lost every single election that he'd ever been a part of. For years, long enough for most people to say, well, maybe I'm just not cut out for politics. Kind of wish a couple more people would say that. But then, lo and behold, he wins an election. He becomes the president of the United States in one of the most historical eras of our country's history. Millions of people in the country hate his guts, and he perseveres. He wrestles with all sorts of challenges in his marriage because mental illness had affected his relationship with his wife. They lost a son. And yet he just kept going. And he served his God and his country with his whole heart. And for some reason, I connect with that. I love Abraham Lincoln quotes. I love to hear stories. And so in some, some way, I relate to Abraham Lincoln. I've never met the guy. I've only heard stories about him, but I, I relate to him. I've developed some sort of a, you know, a composite of who he is. Does that make sense? I just realized I have less than two minutes left. <laughs> Third illustration. Some of you, you'll get this. Some of you won't. Um, I meet more and more people who are married and they met on a dating app. I, I've never used a dating app. I mean, by the time Charlotte and I dated and were married, computers were just coming out. <laughs> Phones were like the size of a cinder block. I've never used one, but I, I have a bit of an understanding of how they work. You submit a biography, some photos, you pay a fee. Other people who've submitted biographies and photos, and I guess you can swipe left, swipe right. Don't know which one's which. But you can indicate your interest in meeting somebody. Sometimes you meet somebody and they live in Spain. But you start, what? A relationship with them. And maybe for the first couple of days, weeks, maybe months, all you do is you type words on a screen and share them back and forth. Days, weeks, and months, and maybe you get the courage of, hey, what do you say we do a FaceTime call? And, and the whole time, your, your heart's doing something like, I kind of like them. I can really like her. There's relationship happening, and you've never met them. All you've done is had some words exchanged. And depending on a situation, it might be a year or two before you ever actually meet in person. And yet a relationship thrived. You, you fell in love with someone you'd never met before. Did you get that? So I'm really curious, what, where is it? Where that sort of stuff, relationship happens with 
people who have been long gone, people we've never met, people we'll never meet, or people it takes forever to meet. What is that? Well, we always talk about it as our heart. But it's not the muscle in our chest that pumps blood throughout our body. It's some other intangible place in us where, where like experience and emotion and memories collide. And we, we are in love with people who've been a part of our life in some way, even though they've been gone forever and even though I've never met them and even though it may take me forever to actually meet them in person, relationship happens somewhere inside of us and we, we call it our heart. Did you follow that? So I'm really editing now. <laughs> Big. It's completely possible for the human heart, whatever that is. <clears throat> you ready? It might be the soul. Where things collide that matter and have meaning. It's completely possible for the human heart to experience relationship with someone we can't see, we can't converse with, or have never met personally. Did you get all that? You're going to have to come back next Sunday. <laughs> and I'll promise you this. We'll pick up right here. Cancel your plans. Go to Tahiti some other time. But I am determined to explain to you, to the very best of my ability, a very unique insight about how you have a relationship with a divine being that you've never met, you can't converse with. Because I believe it's not only possible, it's life-changing. You interested enough to come back? Good. Let me stand. Ask you to stand. I can't tell you how ticked off I am right now. <laughs> I was so jazzed about this. I'll, I'll just let it percolate another week. God, you're more than just out there. You tell us you're right here. And if we will open our hearts and our minds to the possibilities you could come to live inside of us, as weird as that sounds. God, I ask for every person in this room who's struggling with that kind of thought right now, that you would not let their, their categories keep them from the most amazing experience in all of life, and that is to have a relationship with your son, Jesus. God, I'm asking for some amazing things to happen in people's lives, and just the curiosity of where we're headed with this discussion. Bring us back to this place eager to learn. I pray and ask in the name of Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Thanks, gang. See you next Sunday.